You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, brought to you, as it says in the intro there, by OvertimeIreland.com. I'm back again. It's myself, Colm. Join me on the show again, DJ, two weeks in a row. It's a long time since we've done two shows in a row, but uh, DJ's back for another show. How have you been keeping, DJ, since uh, last week? Yeah, Colm, keeping busy and really looking forward to each and every show that we bring the listeners. Yeah, it's always fun talking uh, things all around the NFL. There's bits and pieces of news, obviously, have come out in the last week. We're going to talk through those. As we get closer to the draft now, we're going to have on a few special guests uh, who really uh, key in on areas all around the the draft, follow the college game a lot more closely during the season than we would, and uh, get them on to talk all things about the upcoming draft and those prospects. But we'll uh, we'll not be touching anything on the draft today, but in in the coming weeks we will be touching on those topics. Just today will be uh, all around just to kind of clean up bits and pieces of news from around the NFL. As always, to start the show, we'd like to give a shout-out to our Last Word on Sport partners over there at lastwordonsport.com, and of course their Twitter handle, at lastwordonsport. They're a fantastic site, as we always mention on the show, helping spread the word off Overtime Ireland, so do give them a follow, do check out their website for a wide range of sports that they do cover. As always, uh, thanks for listening to the show. If it is your first time listening, hopefully you're going to enjoy it. If you want to check through the back catalogue of episodes, we've done quite a few season recaps for uh, a number of teams around the NFL after the season ended. Do check those out. Some guest appearances on uh, ones during the season, always worth getting a, a listen to some of those, getting some past players' thoughts on the, all things NFL. But of course, thanks for listening. Do hit the subscribe button. Uh, keep spreading the word off Overtime Ireland. DJ, as always, I'm going to let you be the news anchor for this one. I'm going to let you go through the stories that you want to go through, and uh, I'll give you my thoughts on them then. So let's take it away. Yeah, come on. I'm going to start with the understatement of the offseason so far, and that's Sean Payton saying that he knows the Graham, Jimmy Graham trade is tough on Drew Brees. I think tough is an understatement. Throwing away... One of Drew Brees's, actually Drew Brees's best receiver or tight end. Yeah, I think um, Drew Brees may have been a wee bit more unhappy than saying that it was tough, but Sean Payton's there to do a job, and I'm sure he has some wise words that he'll be able to inspire Drew Brees and the rest of the Saints team now that they've lost their best player. Yeah, like everything, DJ, you know, it's going to take a, a little bit of time to see how this plays out. Everyone judges the trade. This is one that, you know, it looks very much like the Seahawks won this trade. Obviously, the Saints might have some question marks around Jimmy Graham and a lot of injuries last year in particular, but hard to, hard to deny he's definitely in the, the top two tight ends in the NFL, him and Gronkowski are up there. I would rate Rob Gronkowski just uh, in the category ahead of him, but he's definitely right, right up there with the top players at the position. And, you know, you mentioned there has Drew Brees' favourite target, absolutely done force when he is on his game but you know obviously the the Saints obviously as well got Max Unger and a first round pick so uh, late in the first round but that gives them two first rounders this year maybe they can help develop this team it looks like the Saints are going to go to a more run heavy offense and you've seen Unger's a you know a good run uh, blocker as well so it's going to be interesting to see how the season shapes up and there has been a few rumors going around that the possibility of uh, trading Drew Brees as well could be in the, the thoughts of the New Orleans Saints but you know, it would take a lot to get him, even though he only has probably three years left, probably in his career in the NFL. And the the team have the Saints have come out and said that it's absolutely ridiculous to to have such a rumor. But 
you know, sometimes uh, the team leaks these little bits out to see who's interested and we'll, we'll see where it goes. But I'd say we'll see Drew Brees, particularly because of his cap number and the, the contract that he has signed. You know, I think we'll see him um, definitely in New Orleans this season and I think he'll finish his career out with the New Orleans Saints. But it's a strange one. I said this at the time, the trade uh, for Jimmy Graham was a strange one. And Sean Payton, speaking on the radio, uh, says obviously it was tough for Drew Brees and that is definitely going to be true but Drew Brees will uh, I'm sure he'll be still full of confidence that he can hit hit his high strides again this upcoming season last season was a down year for him but when you look at the numbers he still was quite effective through more interceptions and I'm sure he certainly would have liked but we'll see how he uh, goes into this this upcoming season and uh, of course it'll be without Jimmy Graham Tell him one team that's not going to be changing quarterback because they have Mr. Consistency and that is Geno Smith is looking like he's going to be the starting quarterback come week one of the regular season. That's according to Todd Bowles' column, who says Geno Smith has the early advantage in this offseason, and the Jets clearly have a lot of confidence in Geno when Jets owner Woody Johnson said that he thinks Geno Smith is way ahead of Marcus Marietta, and I agree with the writers at NFL.com who weren't exactly sure what Johnson meant is how Geno Smith is ahead in terms of NFL experience talent or my favourite one frequent flyer miles is perhaps how Gino Smith is ahead of Marcus Mariota. Well DJ I have to say that an NFL experience terms he has to be ahead of him because Mariota hasn't played in the NFL yet and uh, you know any player coming out of college there's always the prospect that they're not going to get to that next level there's been a lot of talk about the two top quarterbacks in this class Marcus Mariota and James Winston and you know it's it's, it's all, you're always with every player in the draft you're trying to evaluate how they'll project to the next level and you know Geno Smith has had a tough time in his time in New York and I know we've bashed him on here I know you've definitely bashed him on here a number of times but I have backed him on a couple of occasions I remember middle of last season I actually started him in a couple of fantasy teams I was getting that far behind the the Geno coaster or the Geno train as you were calling it at one stage but you know he picked a great time to have his best game of his career and uh, that there was the game last week of the season against the Miami Dolphins where he really really did play well he had a couple of good games down the stretch and you know it came right after there was a game where I think he only threw the ball maybe was it eight times or he had eight eight attempts in the game uh, against the Miami Dolphins in New York they just decided they were going to run the ball all game long they just did in that one and when they went down to Miami had a very very good game that time and you know he's only a two-year starter a few say 15-20 years ago some most quarterbacks wouldn't have been playing in those first two or three years the way it has come now with first round draft picks second round draft picks you go in your challenge and start day one and then you're straight into the action but quarterbacks you know and you look a lot of the top quarterbacks around the NFL didn't start immediately in the league but Geno Smith he came in started in the league now he's had two years uh, under his belt I believe it's two years anyway <laughs> since he went to the, the Jets and um, you know when when you see a quarterback like that you just want to see development along and he has had his ups and downs there's been a lot of downs but there has been some promise there at times as well and you know he has had, had this off season to to try and improve his game yet again obviously Todd Bowles coming in from the Arizona Cardinals as their defensive coordinator now the head coach of the New York Jets so we'll see obviously he's going to be talking up his man and uh, I, I would agree with him I think that you have to be going with Geno Smith at this point uh, in the off season. I know there's been a lot of rumours too that maybe the Jets take Mariota as you mentioned at you know I think it's number six they have their pick take him there and uh, you know what I, overall I don't think so I think I would stick with Geno Smith I think it's too early to, to dump him we've seen EJ Manuel has kind of been cast aside up in uh, up in Buffalo and um, I, I think the Jets should roll with Geno Smith and see at least for one more season what they've got with him. Yeah, I think it would be ridiculous for 
the Jets to go for yet another quarterback in the first or second round of the NFL draft. It's kind of been the laughing joke within the NFL in recent years that, you know, which quarterback are the Jets going to draft this year? And I think even Jets fans are sick of it at this stage. Yeah, well, even with drafting them, it might not have been even drafting, but, you know, you had Tim Tebow come in a few years ago. He was in there for a brief experiment, and then they did draft uh, Geno Smith, and then there's been a few other people coming in as backups and that in the time before that. But overall, uh, I think uh, they're going to stick with Geno, and, uh, well, that's what I think anyway. A quarterback who's hopefully going to be back by the start of the season, that's Johnny Football. He should be back by the time the Cleveland Browns workouts begin on the 20th of April and hopefully Johnny Manziel has benefited from his time in rehab and hopefully it might develop his career and make him focus more on football rather than the partying aspect. Yeah, well you mentioned DJ there hopefully it'll improve him well you know if it hasn't improved him uh, he can wave bye bye to his NFL career because what happened last season just wasn't good enough and you know we talked about wanting to be prepared wanting to be ready to go when he got in got his chance and when he went in he certainly wasn't ready certainly wasn't prepared luckily a guy who didn't really even know the playbook didn't really seem to know what was going on and then you know after the season it comes out that obviously whatever he was doing in his private life there was a lot of uh, whether drink alcohol whatever was affecting his preparation for games and you know that there's never a good sign early in a career obviously the Browns have said that they've kind of said that they didn't really know this was going to be an issue but you know we all knew about Johnny Manziel's party and a lifestyle when he was in college and you know it's followed him into the NFL so hopefully this is something that'll help settle him down help clean up his act off the field we've seen players before have some issues and then settle down but unfortunately we all know DJ that we've seen a lot of players who've had their problems and haven't settled down and after a few years are out of the league so Johnny Manziel is uh, going to be on a steep learning curve here and I'm sure he's going to be on a very tight leash from the Cleveland Brown so this is a big big year for him I think he's going to struggle to be the starter at the start of the season unless he comes in and is very productive you know I think he's you know he's on it as I mentioned he's going to be on a tight leash but maybe he'll prove everybody wrong and uh, that there's what he's going to need to do because um, the NFL mightn't be too long for Mr Johnny Johnny Football if he uh, doesn't keep uh, keep on the right track here. Come while we're on the Cleveland Browns two questions in from Regular listener, listener of the show, Simon Parkinson, at Browns UK. Simon, for any Browns fans out there that want to follow a fellow, fellow Browns fan. His first question, Colin, could the Browns trade up to get Mariota, then trade him to the Eagles for Bradford and Eagles first round pick at 20? Is this realistic or has Simon's fantasy season started early? Well, when I when I read that tweet uh, when he sent it in, I said I t- tweeted him back straight away to say that was interesting because, you know, you thinking outside the box is something that maybe you'll have to do. The Browns obviously have two first round picks this year, so it's a possibility could get the the quarterback maybe that Chip Kelly wants. Maybe they are a team that you know Chip Kelly said that he already had been offered a first round pick for Sam Bradford the morning after they'd done that trade and you know with the uh, St Louis Rams. So if there is interest there in Sam Bradford, maybe he does use him as a a bargaining piece, but. You know, with the way the contract's restructured now at the Eagles, it looks like they are committed to Sam Bradford, but again, any trade would involve that contract switching hands and going to another team. So it is definitely an interesting one. I think with the the, the 
draft picks that the Browns have, it also makes it a possibility because they would still have their two first round picks. I'm sure they'd be looking for more picks later in the draft. And of course, they would also get Sam Bradford. So it is it is definitely interesting. Obviously, again, that would cast a real shadow on Johnny Manziel and his future with the team if they went first round pick on him last year and a first round pick on another quarterback or an involved in the trade scenario, taking in somebody like Sam Bradford this year. So it is one that uh, Simon, I do think, is a, a possibility. But you know, we've seen Chip Kelly thinking outside the box, maybe the Cleveland Browns take uh, some of that thought thought process from him think outside the box and try and make a big splash because they have used these first round picks in recent years and we all know they had Trent Richardson and then last year I think it was uh, Gilbert a cornerback and then Johnny Manziel they took they've had a few of these first round picks and last year double first round picks this year double first round pick again they haven't always uh, been working out quite well for them so maybe something like this would uh, give you a player that you know what you're getting obviously the injury history would be a slight worry but you'd be getting an NFL established uh, quarterback so we'll see we'll see what goes down it would certainly be a, a big shake up if it went down on draft day, day of the first round yeah simon was also wondering colin can the browns get rid of jimmy haslam um you know anytime you're looking at anyone in the front office or coaching pers- around that if you get to that stage of the year i think it's more than likely that they're going to keep them keep them around until after this usually these clear outs happen straight after the season or when maybe a coach gets fired everyone goes or something like that so i think you're likely to see him at least for this upcoming season, see him through the draft and then see how the team does. And of course, Simon will be hoping the Browns do well next year. And then if the team does well, looks like they'll uh, have him still. But, you know, any anytime owners, uh, anyone like that, their GMs involved in front office and so on, can be hard to, to get those guys out. But when they are getting them out, it's usually straight after the season. But, you know, it's the NFL. Um, I'll, I'll never rule anything out. Calm other news that broke in recent days, and that is... The NFL suspending TV blackouts for the 2015 season, which is good news for fans everywhere, and particularly this side of the water that subscribe to the NFL Game Pass. Yeah, and I think DJ as well. It's I haven't got to see the full terms and conditions as to whether what's going to happen over here with Game Pass. If you have seen it, you can film in. But Sky Sports, in particular, you know Sky have a game every week here in the in the UK. One at the the six o'clock time slot, the five past six, and then one of them in the later slot, the twenty five past nine. And then those games are obviously they are blacked out on Game Pass, which uh, I have, and you know it's quite disappointing sometimes if it's the team you want to watch that's blacked out. If the Packers are on Sky, you can't watch it on Game Pass, so but you can still, of course, watch it on Sky Sports. And you know guys like Jeff Reinbold and that our, our good friend Jeff providing great coverage and uh, you know analysis there, but. I think um, if it's a case if you can watch all games here as well it's going to be fantastic but because of the deal with Sky I think we might still miss out on those games I'm not sure if that has been cleared up yet the way with the the blackouts in the US is if uh, the games haven't sold out prior I think it's three days prior to kickoff it used to be that the game wouldn't be shown on the the local channels and you know just to try and get the the people to go to watch the game but with the TV deals being so big as they are at the moment they're uh, trying you know to to take away these things so they're going to suspend it uh, for this year that was decided the league meetings taking place this week a lot of talk about different things going on there different rules being proposed now and so on so this here is one of the things that has changed don't think it's really going to affect overall too much particularly in the u.s because there hasn't been any blacked out games in quite some time i think one of the last ones that came close was one of the jaguars games uh, i think it was two years ago so it, it does crop up from time to time but definitely won't be happening this upcoming season it'll be interesting to see whether that affects crowds in uh, any way whether people 
less people start to turn up to games because they know that uh, there's not the the chance of missing out if they stay at home and it doesn't be shown on their on their local cable provider. So uh, an interesting move by the NFL, but obviously one that they're uh, projecting that'll make them quite a little sum of money. Colin, while it won't it happen, Adrian Peterson, his agent, is talking yet again, turning up the heat on the Minnesota Vikings, saying that we want out of Minnesota, and that's not really great news for Vikings fans. I'm sure they would rather hear that Peterson really wants to stay, but all the news coming out of Minnesota seems that Peterson has his sights set on another NFL team, and it's going to be interesting to see do the Vikings dig in their heels, or do they come to a compromise with the team and get a trade it's a hard one to at the moment i thought you know say three four months ago thought it was definite that they would be leaving thought there was no chance he'd be staying in minnesota after the way the thing was handled obviously he was disappointed how the team handled it the team obviously would have felt let down by adrian peterson thought then you know i'd on the cowboys um recap show at the end of the season with the uk cowboys fans and i, I said I, I thought he would definitely end up with the dallas cowboys as it stands at the moment i don't know if that there is a possibility i don't think it might work out now i think that would have been a, a deal that both Terry jones and adrian peterson would like to see happen but um i think now it seems to be that the arizona cardinals would possibly be a front runner and that i also thought that a team maybe like the indianapolis Colts could be involved but then now with frank gore there i think that kind of rules them out the cardinals do seem to be the team that has been been linked the most with them and it's going to be an interesting one it's kind of like at the moment it's a game of poker who's going to show their cards first who's going to fold what's going to happen i think uh, the vikings you know at the minute as it stands adrian peterson's going to have to report for them for training if he wants to play in the nfl this season he's going to have to play at the moment with the minnesota vikings there's no other way around it for him if the team decides to trade him i, I don't think they're going to cut him it's, he's too valuable a piece to the team to cut him so uh, it's going to be uh, involving a trade the thing that could happen here, DJ, is as we mentioned with the Browns, a big trade, maybe draft day, somebody decides we'll give up this year's first rounder. And, you know, because Peterson's older, you don't want to be giving up two first rounders or anything like that there because then, you know, down the line after he retires, you're going to be left in a situation where other parts of the team will be weaker. But, you know, maybe on a, on around the draft or before the draft, we'll see a trade involving draft picks, possibly another player that to see what happens. But, there's been more trades, DJ, in the NFL this season than I can ever remember anyway. There's been trades going in lots of directions, and um, maybe the Adrian Peterson one could be the one that caps it all off, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. Ian Colm, you mentioned the Cardinals have been strongly linked to them, and given the fact that they had such a strong defense last year with the likes of Calais Campbell and some of their other defensive players, and if they could add Adrian Peterson to their offense and get Carson Palmer back in the pocket... Could they possibly be contenders for the Super Bowl next year? I know it's very early on. We don't know what's going to happen in the draft, but if they got Peterson in. Yeah, well, when you seen last year, they were really, really going strong, really right up there with the best teams in the NFL up until Palmer got injured. Then they had Stanton, a quarterback, and you know they had Lindley, a quarterback, for a couple of games. So they were really struggling there at the quarterback situation. Andre Ellington throughout the season played injured throughout the majority of the season, then missed the end of the season. So they're always struggling at running back, but... You know, Andre Ellington's more of a kind of change of pace back. He is very talented, but he's one of those guys that you need somebody in front that's going to kind of wear down the defense, and then you put him in and he bursts off a long run from time to time and or catches a ball out of the backfield. 
Adrian Peterson, though, the problem with him is he is really a three-down running back that you're going to play him every down if you have if you have that amount of money invested in him. But he's definitely a player that could come in there. You mentioned Carson Palmer. He's obviously signed a new contract last year, just shortly before that injury. So he's going to be there for a few years. He's older as well, and you have the likes of Fitzgerald. But there's a good few players there that are really looking for that last opportunity to win a ring. I've seen Larry Fitzgerald talking about, you know, if Peterson came, it would be a huge signal to the rest of the t- league. I think, you know, a strong running game with them could help this team immensely because they had a couple of players they drafted last year at the wide receiver position, uh, John Brown, including a few others. They have Fitzgerald, they have Floyd as well, who at times last year maybe looked like he wasn't as good as he has been in previous years, but his player I still think has a, a massive uh, potential with the Arizona Cardinals you mentioned the defense as well you know I think that team has a lot of pieces and it's definitely with the way the 49ers look to be in a little bit of flux at the moment and you know the Rams always seem to do just enough but never really get over that 500 mark I think they're definitely a team that could they're definitely the closest challenger in that division anyway to the Seattle Seahawks so if they if they were to get Peterson it'd be a real game changer for them I actually think that's the word that uh, Fitzgerald used I think he said it would be a game changer Colm, a player who was talked about quite a lot during the offseason last year and ended up not playing a single snap in the NFL and potentially may never play a snap in the NFL now, and that's Michael Sam, who has been, as we say in Ireland, torn to shreds by some NFL GMs, agents and scouts, with one describing his combine was flat-out horrible. Yeah, did you seen that report you mentioned? One of the first reports I'd seen that you know it said that he looked actually quite good, and then I read, you sent me along the link to the report that uh, that you're talking about. You know, it really did rip him to shreds, and you know, saying that he looked slower, he had ran a slower time than he did at the combine last year, and lots of different stuff that just didn't look good. You know, I'll leave that down to the actual scouts to to make that opinion. You know, he came in as a one of the college conference. I think it was a joint. Defensive Player of the Year at the time, coming in last year, announced uh, that he was openly gay. He didn't uh, he got drafted by the the Rams, and then he didn't make the roster. He went with the Cowboys, didn't make the team there. So, you know, I think outside of, at this stage, outside of the talk off the field, I don't know if we'd be talking about him. It's a bit like Tim Tebow. A lot of the stuff off the field is what we get him into the press for. But um, if he has the ability definitely deserves an opportunity but according to the reports now that we're we're getting through didn't look like uh, the workouts went well but there has been a couple of players each of the workouts did go well for at the the veteran combine this of course the first year of it looked like uh, a couple of guys have got signed over the last few days so it definitely looks like something that's going to be here to come for the next few years to see see how it works out for teams getting a good look at some of these guys that are looking for another opportunity in the league guys like Brady Quinn uh, apparently he was very impressed with throwing the ball hasn't played in a few years and um, you know there's a couple of guys he was talking about the likes of Josh McCowan he was hoping to have a you know a revival in his career like McCowan had at the Bears and then he got his contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously it didn't work out as well as he would have hoped there I'm sure he's talking about a revival like he did at the Bears rather than at the Buccaneers but you know um, a lot of players sometimes just they might have a bad season and doesn't take much to get moved along to another team doesn't work out for you and then you're you could be out of the league after a couple of years so it's good and the one thing that I do all the stories that I read that was a bit it was a kind of a sad story to hear and it was Michael Bush former running back of the the Bears and um, he was talking you know he ran his 40 yard dash I can't remember what it was it might have been a 4.9 40 yard dash if you're a running back in the NFL that's going to be a slow time there's a lot of running backs probably the likes of Frank Gore and that's, that's probably maybe what he's running at the moment but because he's with the team it's not going to be questioned as much but Bush is trying to get back in the league and he looked like uh, 
you know, after it, you could hear him saying on the camera that, you know, there goes my career, and he couldn't believe that that was the time that he ran. So there's some tough things that we're going to be seeing here, and there's a lot of players that this is their final opportunity, and maybe it is where it hits home that the NFL has passed them by. Yeah, and Colm, thankfully there hasn't been too many off-the-field issues with current players in recent times, but unfortunately a story came out in recent days and it was a plea deal reached by former Packer Vikings player and New Orleans Saints player Darren Sharper who has been convicted of numerous uh, sexual assaults in a number of different states in America and a former guest off the show ex-NFL linebacker Scott Fujita who won a Super Bowl with Sharper in New Orleans in 2009 said that while Sharper was a great teammate and a great player Putting all of that aside, it's disgusting and beyond repulsive. And he also said that he's a dad of three daughters, and if he ends, if Sharper ends up only serving the nine years that people expect, it's an absolute shame, and it's way too short. Yeah, obviously, Darren Sharper has this legal issue hanging over him for quite a while, and it was always looked like it was going to go to court. He has agreed to this plea deal, and any time there's a plea deal, obviously it looks like you know he's getting a better deal than he would have if he had went to court. Um, Obviously, the the claims against him, the the charges against him are you know very very worrying, and obviously deserves at least this punishment, if not worse, as Scott Fajita's come out and said. But you know, outside of that, you know, he was a great player, but with a lot of these guys in the NFL, sometimes they might think that they're above the law, more power than they think they're more important than some other people. And uh, unfortunately, these are the things that happen sometimes. So. Looks like uh, Sharper's heading to jail for at least uh, the big portion of the next decade. A couple other stories, DJ, just I don't know if you have them up in front of you, so I'm going to run through them. Your man there, DJ Bill Belichick, disappointed that owners don't want to pay for extra cameras uh, for around the, the field to try and improve instant replay and so on in the NFL. There's been a lot of talk about instant replay, and you know the owners, including Giants owner John Mara, have said that the statement, he made a statement that the cameras would be too expensive, and... Uh, you know, Bill Belichick has come out and said that he's uh, surprised to hear, disappointed to hear, it. and uh, you know they're they're talking about things like along uh, the goal line having a camera, so straight on the goal line, similar to maybe what we see in the Premier League, this goal line technology that a camera goes across, you can definitely clear it. touchdown, no touchdown, out of bounds, not out of bounds, one going along the sideline from uh, side end zone to end zone, so you see the whole way down the sideline and so on and so forth. Obviously, they would be quite expensive to install them in all stadiums around the NFL, but it definitely is something that would rule out the factor of, oh, it wasn't in bounds, it was in bounds. And although we can see a lot of these, most of the time it is easy to see, it would just clear it up even more. And I know Greg Rosenthal of around the NFL and their great podcast has been uh, an advocate of this for a long, long time, and Bill Belichick got on board as well. Um, true, I'm sure it was just uh, true his own wanting to change this, but um looks like the NFL are going to leave that on the shelf for at least another year. One of the things, DJ, we did talk earlier about the uh, the league meetings going on. There's an injury time proposal that was unanimously improved by the NFL owners. Uh, ProFootballTalk.com is reporting that there. And, um, you know, it's going to mean that if there is a player that looks injured on the field and it needs a need of uh, assistance to that, that there'll be somebody who doesn't work for either team going to be in the stadium can call... Uh, for a timeout at that time, so the player, the, the clock will be stopped and the player will be able to, to get a further check. So, this kind of easy is coming about since uh, Julian Edelman. You know, the, 
it's been a bit of a controversy since that it looked like he was possibly concussed in the in the Super Bowl. The game went on; he didn't uh, have to come out of the game. So it's something like uh, that there. And Bill Belichick, DJs, you would imagine uh, would say that you would have to talk to the medical staff about that one because he was too busy coaching the game. So Bill Belichick uh, clearing himself of any wrongdoing there, but it's uh, a law that's going to come in to help improve player safety and um, something that I don't think too many people have any problem with last thing DJ I have here anyway and it's the the Cleveland Browns don't want to do hard knocks and uh, you know there's obviously a lot going on around the team we mentioned Johnny Manziel and the stuff going on there a lot of stuff going around the team and it can be a distraction for teams some teams embrace the whole hard knocks thing it is since it's re-coming or re-coming to the league since it has been kind of relaunched in the last four or five years it has been a very entertaining show I have to say I really do enjoy watching it although a lot of it is kind of for the cameras it's definitely something that I enjoy watching but it looks like the Browns just with the whole Manziel thing and other stuff going on with them we mentioned earlier Jimmy Haslam they just don't want to, to do it obviously the NFL can pick a certain amount of teams and there's people who can put themselves forward for it as well if you want to be in it there's certain rules as to you have to be in it every so often and if you're not in it I think for six years is it you can be someone to kind of be in the game but it's going to be interesting to see who does it but at the moment DJ it's not, not looking like it's going to be the Cleveland Browns and uh, Johnny Football but that really kind of wraps up the the rest of the news we mentioned last week with Chris Borland uh, there has been the news coming out that he has said that he there was word you know would the 49ers go after him for the uh, bonus money that they had paid him for his four-year contract well he's come out and he said he's going to pay back the three quarters of it that you know that he would owe them back technically so that there takes any of the bad publicity out of the uh, hands of the 49ers and leaves him in a good enough shape for that one there so Chris Borland handing back over that money interesting one came out DJ's Philip Rivers and he's out of contract like Eli Manning at the end of next season looks like Manning may or may not go into contract negotiations this year but Philip Rivers has said that really under no circumstances is he going to sign a contract before the start of next season and it looks to be because of the whole thing of the uh, LA franchise will the, the Chargers be moving LA is only really I think an hour and a half drive away from San Diego so it wouldn't be that big of a move but he just doesn't seem to <laughs> doesn't seem to want to be having that hanging over his head I suppose they could move to LA they could move further afield so there's been there's been word that uh, you know possibly a trade off Philip Rivers to someone like the Titans who have that number two overall pick because he's from down uh, down that part of the the country and so on and so forth but it's going to be an interesting one check out to see what happens with Philip Rivers because maybe he just maybe he'll call today after next season but he, he says he doesn't want to uh, extend into any contract after that but of course the team could franchise tag him after next season if he didn't agree to sign a contract similar to what the Cowboys have done with Des Bryant this year so few interesting little just bits at the end there to to have you think over up until our next podcast but that there uh, i think these you'll do it unless you have anything else to add well Colin, you mentioned philip rivers there and you mentioned the whole thing with la perhaps philip rivers is just using the possibility of the move to la as a bargaining chip to get a move to maybe a team that he sees a greater chance of super bowl success with yeah well the, the one reason that i somebody put wrote that point up to me on twitter and i don't really think that's the case because i do think that the chargers have been improving over the last few years they've taken in some nice pieces in the off season as well so i think with another good draft this year the chargers definitely have an opportunity they were really going high flying at one stage during the year and then they they fell off really after that new england patriots loss in san diego so we'll see what happens with rivers you mentioned there the la franchise it seems like that is going to go ahead and there's been a lot of strong talk i think i mentioned john mara there not too long ago about the thing about the the cameras but there's been talk that um, you know he came out and he he talked to the media at those managers meetings and he talked 
about the fact that he thinks there'll be possibly two teams playing in LA in 2016, so the year after next year. So this thing with the stadium and everything is going to have to come together really quickly. They're not going to vote on it, I don't think, at this set of meetings, but it looks like maybe November or later towards the end of the season there could be a vote on it, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But he mentioned 2016, which means they would have to be playing there after this next season. So there's not much time, DJ, for them to to take this slow and it looks like it's really ramped up since Stan Kroenke bought that land in LA so it's something that's very fascinating and you know I think the market in LA deserves a team so it'll be interesting to see who ends up there and uh, how that all goes whether it's one team two teams or what, what way we see it but it's it's definitely an interesting time as the NFL looks to, to broaden its horizons into the LA market again so Really, um, of course, thanks for listening to the show. Hopefully you enjoyed. Any thoughts, comments you have, do hit us up at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. Anything longer than a tweet, we're OvertimeIreland at gmail.com. And of course, do give us a rating, a subscription on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you listen to us on. Give us a little rating and a comment there. It really does help uh, us here at the podcast. So until next time, my name's Colm. And I'm DJ. And until we're back next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.